0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a Los Angeles-based rising star on the podcast to talk about what food icon inspired her passion and her quest to amplify Vietnamese cuisine. Before we introduce today's guest, though, a heads up that we will be taking a very short break from new episodes for a few weeks, but we're back in October with brand new episodes and guests. She is a chef, social media sensation, and known as TikTok's big sis, it's Tway Win. Tway, a.k.a. Tway DeBay, welcome to the podcast. Uh, First of all, I have to know, what's the origin story behind your nickname slash social media handle? Okay, so backstory, it has nothing to do with food. I've I've had this
1: at name since I was in high school. And the only reason why I changed it to this, because I had it at like just T-U-U-E-E or something like that. Like just very basic, just my name. Mm-hmm. but there was a kid that I went to school with. His name is Gabe and his at name was Gabe the babe. And <laughs> one day somebody called him by his at name and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna follow suit and do Toyota Bay.
0: <laughs> and, and it's stuck uh, ever since. Yeah, huh? and it just stuck
1: ever since I really like it. And I'm, I don't think I'm going to change it anytime soon.
0: No, I don't think you can at this point, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to keep going with it. Uh, well, you are a formally trained chef and you rose to social media fame when your fried rice video on TikTok went viral during the pandemic. So we've had a, a mix of chefs on the podcast who are either self-taught versus those who actually did go to school. Can you make a case for formal training if somebody is uh, considering this path?
1: OK, if you're really considering this path, I would say um Getting training from like being on the line and in the kitchen would be like the best training that you could get because school could get really expensive. But Mm. I do think that formal training is important. And if I could go back, I would have committed to going to school outside of the country, like going uh, going to culinary school in France would be insane.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I mean, how, how much did you cook at home growing up?
1: You know, I didn't really cook that much because <laughs> my mom was one of those, is one of those people that like, they just, she cannot have anyone in her kitchen. <laughs> so whenever I even tried or attempted to cook, like she'd be like, no, you're making a mess. Get out of my way. So I never knew how to like cook properly until culinary school.
0: I mean, what? so you weren't cooking with your mom, but what do you remember, I guess, about just, um, you know those flavors and those dishes that that remind you of childhood and, and, and influence a lot of you know what we see you cooking today yeah. um on on tick and everything
1: okay so growing up in vietnam like that vietnamese food was just like regular food it, it wasn't like oh yeah let's go out to eat vietnamese food you know like it was just <laughs> it was just food <laughs> it was just food um so then coming over here it was such a culture shock because there's so many different types of dishes and cuisines to like try but I've never tasted anything like my mom's cooking so like that was just always very like homey and nostalgic to me and that's why I wanted to focus like my content on Vietnamese cooking and especially like home Vietnamese cooking just because like Not a lot of people know about like the the foods that we eat at home, but they know like about pho and banh mi. It's like the food Mm -hmm. that we eat out, you know.
0: So what would be an example of that? Because obviously, you know, you know, a lot of people think of Vietnamese food and and clearly pho and banh mi are, are the first things that come to mind. But what are some of these other dishes that you remember that should be maybe getting some more more love around around the U.S.? I mean, I love any types of, like, braises.
1: Um, so, like, mm-hmm. pork belly braise with, like, quail eggs. I have a recipe for that. Um, I just did a recipe for, um, like, catfish braise. I, I just love any braises because, like, it doesn't even have to be Vietnamese. It's just, like, braises are just very homey in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think, like, braises and, like, soups. We love soups. <laughs> like, any any <laughs> types of soup. What's your favorite type of soup? Ooh, my favorite soup it has to be like sour. I love sour soup. So like I love my mom makes this like egg drop soup, but she makes it super sour. Um, mm. And then there's a a water spinach soup that like my mom makes sour as well because she just knows that I love sour foods.
0: <laughs> I mean, you mentioned you, you were born in Vietnam and then came over to the States later. What how old were you and, and what do you remember about that kind of very transitional time in your life?
1: I was eight years old and I honestly, every looking back, everything is just kind of like a blur because mm-hmm. like it just happened so quick. Everything just moved so quick. I came over here and right away they put me in school. So it was, it was even like two weeks. I didn't even get a chance to like adapt or anything. They just put me into school And then I just had to adapt from there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how was your English at the time? I did not know
1: like an ounce of English. Maybe like, hi, yes and no, but like it it was nowhere. Like I couldn't have a conversation with anyone,
0: really. I mean, how did you how did you learn? Did you you know, were you watching TV? Were you learning in school? Were they helping you out? Yeah, I
1: think it has a lot to do with me having a lot of time to watch TV. But also, like I read a lot, even if I didn't know what I was reading, I was still like reading and reading mm -hmm. out loud just so I can like get the pronunciations right. I watched a lot of TV and I would uh, mimic what they would say and how they would say it on TV. I watched a lot of Food Network, actually. It was <laughs> because like that was the only thing that was interesting to me. It was Food Network and SpongeBob.
0: <laughs> I mean, the classic combo, really. Right. <laughs> Let's fast forward a little bit to when you decided you were going to go to culinary school. What made you kind of, you know, make that leap?
1: Mm, so I honestly didn't know that The culinary school was even in the cards for me um, because throughout my whole high school career, I told myself and I told my parents that I was going to become a nurse because that's really what like they wanted me to do. It's just more a more stable career. And I realized that that wasn't for me because I am very afraid of blood. Like if I (laughs) if I cut myself, my legs will like start to wiggle like it just I can't, I'm I don't do well around blood. So I'm just like, <laughs> I I knew that I wasn't gonna that wasn't the path for me and I wasn't going to finish school and I feel like that was a would would have been a waste of money. And then I I think one day a rep from the Arts Institute came in and then she talked about the culinary program and I was like, you know what? That sounds very interesting, but I feel like that's just so out of reach for me because I can't tell my parents now that I'm going to just go to culinary school. Like Mm -hmm. I've never even shown an interest in cooking in front of them. So it was just like, I didn't even realize that like that was for me, but I just decided if I don't do that, I don't know what else I would do because that's the only thing that really like made me or... Yeah. Gave me an interest. Um, mm-hmm. So I took the leap and I enrolled in culinary school and then I told my parents about it and they were really upset.
0: And, <laughs>
1: but they had to accept it anyways because I just had so much conviction and was like, she's mm-hmm. going to do it. She's going to do it.
0: What did you not learn in school that is now part of your culinary style?
1: Mm, I would have to say like my taste and my flavors because you can't teach taste. Mm. taste really just develops over time and also just growing up with my mom's cooking you can't teach that in school
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I mean that said how much of cooking is intuition and how much of it is skill I
1: think it's 80 percent intuition and 20 really? percent skills yeah because you don't have to have skills to know how to cook and make good food. Skills definitely can sharpen the intuition and make the cooking process more cohesive and orderly. But I feel like intuition is what really makes you like, what really separates you from other people when it comes to cooking.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people definitely gravitate towards you and your style because of all those things that you mentioned. Um, Let's let's talk about that, that fried rice video. Um, I mean, what what compelled you to, you know, start putting these videos on TikTok in the first place? And then what was your reaction and what was going through your mind when this this video started to pick up some traction? It
1: it was so crazy because like I didn't even realize that that was going to be like the video that like. (laughs) <laughs> went viral. Like That was my first ever viral video. And I didn't know why at first, but now looking back, it was literally the beginning of the pandemic, March 2020. Mm-hmm. And, it, and nobody could go anywhere. Everyone had to learn how to cook or cook at home. So it was just like, it was the perfect video idea at that moment. But I only did it because... Everybody was home that day, and Mm -hmm. I was in such a good mood the sun was out, the birds were out. And I was like, I am going to make fried rice. And I, I am going to record this. I had no intention of like, even making content. I wasn't, I was even glammed. I, my hair was up in a bun. I was in my pajamas <laughs> for most of the video. Um, It wasn't even like an in, intent to create content. It was just like in, in the moment type thing. And I was already like making content at the time, making like food content, whether that be like eating content or um, like food uh, reviews and stuff like that. And I think at the time, like IGTV was a thing. And I wanted mm-hmm. to like get into the algorithm. So I'm like, this is the perfect chance to just create. And I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what has surprised you the most about people's reaction to to your content?
1: Hmm. I don't think I was really surprised. I was surprised at the fact that like, people the fried rice recipe was just so simple but like mm-hmm. people loved it and people were really gravitating towards it and people actually like tried to recreate it and so yeah. i was like okay so i actually don't have to make an intricate recipe video for people to like it like the the fact that like people can feel like they can recreate it too and make it easy for people to follow and make it easy for people to feel like they can be in the kitchen like, that's the key. So mm. it, their reaction really like made me, I guess, like unlock like this potential of like recipe content.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, the more real and like you said, kind of some sometimes simple, those videos, those recipes, you know, tend to do better because it is a little bit more relatable and a little bit more approachable for people who maybe don't cook all the time or didn't go to culinary school or that kind of thing or stuck at home, you know, um, as the case was then. So when that went viral, did you kind of start to think like, all right, maybe I should be doing more recipe stuff and and see how this goes? Yeah, because...
1: I think that moment really solidified what I wanted to do or what my niche would be on the internet. Because before it was like, I knew that I wanted to focus on food content, but I was still posting other types of content, like workout content Mm -hmm. and makeup content and like just beauty content. But I wasn't like really focused on like one thing. And that video just kind of made me like realize like you need to be, you need to solidify what you want to do on the internet, like, mm-hmm, I understand that you're good at everything, but like pick one.
0: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) What is, uh, what does your family think of it all?
1: Um, I still don't, they still don't think, or they still don't know what I do exactly. (laughs) Like they know that I post recipes whenever I post a YouTube video, they will post, they will put it on the big screen, the TV, and they would just like let it play in the background. They don't care to watch my content, but they know that if they, if they play it, it's like a support. Right, yeah. So like, they know that I'm creating recipe content and I'm hosting pop-ups, and it's really cool. But it's just like when they explain it to like their friends, like I, I, (laughs) have heard it before. Like they, they don't have a term for it, yeah. Um, So, but like, they know that I'm at least doing something with my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, she's supporting herself. She's she's doing something. We're 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 supportive of it. No, that's great. I mean, and, and clearly. Vietnamese food is the focus of your videos, because as you mentioned, that's that's what you grew up with. And and the way you kind of walk people through the recipes and your culture, you have affectionately been deemed Chi Hai or Big Sister on on TikTok. How does it feel to have that designation among the food community, but also the Vietnamese community? Um, You said that really, really well, by the way. Did I? Okay, I was really nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's
1: honestly such an honor because that term comes with so much respect. And Mm -hmm. I'm a big sister myself. So it's just like, at the same time, it's kind of like, whoa, that's a that's a big thing.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a sign of, you know, respect for sure. Where do you want to go next with this? You, you mentioned your pop ups. Like, do you want to do a restaurant? Do you want to continue just creating content and doing pop ups? Like where what's what's coming next? So
1: right now I a restaurant is definitely down the line somewhere, okay. but that's not really my focus right now because I every day is a different day for me. And creating content allows me that flexibility um, to just like host a pop-up whenever I feel like it. And I feel like a mm-hmm. restaurant, I'd have to really like be tied down to one spot and like focus all of my energy on into that spot. So right now, like my game plan is to focus on creating content and hosting pop-ups and then the restaurant will come <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a, a solid plan for sure. Um, tell us about you know what's one of your pop ups like? How do you decide like what you're making, who you might be partnering with, and how that process comes to life.
1: So if it's a pop up where I'm doing like a collab, then it would be something along the lines of like what they um, specialize in and then how I can infuse my Vietnamese touch into it, how I can Mm -hmm. put my Vietnamese influence into it. But if it's just my own sit down pop up where it's just my full recipe and full menu, it just depends on like what the event theme is or, like, Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to tell with, like, or, like, what story I'm trying to tell with my menu. So it just, it all
0: depends. What's it like getting to meet some of your fans in real life? It's so crazy because, (laughs)
1: like, I just, I'm just, I guess to them, I'm just a person on the internet. But the fact that, Mm -hmm. like, people will spend real-life money and, drive themselves to like one of my pop-ups and to just to like have my food and to meet me it's like I still can't get over that at my last like sit down dinner there was a guy that drove from I forgot where it was but like middle of America to, to LA to have my food and that was like I was blown away by that because that's crazy that's dedication
0: <laughs> it's a lot
1: of pressure though did you it's like, so did much you pressure f- <laughs> but he told me after the dinner so I was like okay I'm, fi- I'm fine I <laughs> yeah okay so you didn't know ahead of time <laughs> yeah. what,
0: do you remember what the what the meal or the the dinner was that night yeah so it was for it's called
1: the chef rising series from mm. uh Centauri. They basically just wanted to showcase like upra- upcoming chefs, and I had, like, I think it was five courses. Yeah, and it was really fun. I think that one was my best dinner yet.
0: Coming up next, Tway talks about working on a new cookbook and cooking fish sauce eggs for the Food Network digital show Crack and Egg with. I know you're also working on a cookbook. What's that process been like in terms of just, you know, developing these recipes and and kind of writing them down and making something, you know, different than what you're putting out on on TikTok and Instagram?
1: So working on a cookbook is so different from just writing recipes down for a TikTok video or an Instagram Mm -hmm. video. Just because like I've never wrote a cookbook before. I don't even know what the process is like. Um, (laughs) So um, I recently started working with a co-writer that has been working on cookbooks like forever. And just and she's been guiding me through all of it. And it's just it's so much. It's like when I write a recipe down for a TikTok video, I try to keep it nice and short. But then she's Mm -hmm. like, for a cookbook, you have to pretend like people don't know what you're talking about. So you have to Mm -hmm. over explain. I'm just like, well, so I'm like, I'm overthinking how to explain crack an egg. Like she's like, (laughs) you have to really be specific. Like just the littlest things that you normally don't have to over explain, you'd have to do that. So that was like, that was one thing that I had to like really Be mindful of because I'd be like, oh, yeah, and then this and then this is the next step. And then she comes back to me with her edits and she's like, so how much salt do you actually add? How much is actually a pinch of salt? Like just little things like that.
0: Speaking of cracking eggs, uh, you did an episode of Food Network's digital series, Crack an Egg With, where you cooked your personal favorite fish sauce eggs. Can you kind of talk us through this version of eggs and why fish sauce tends to be superior to salt in this case or or any case, really? That was such a great transition.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, fish sauce just really takes the flavor of eggs to like the next level. It gives it more of the depth that salt won't be able to give. So I don't even know how to explain it. I would just have to tell you like you just have to try it because it's one <laughs> of those things where it's like if you know, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean I love fish sauce. I love to use it actually in like a like a quick caesar dressing instead of anchovies yes. just because I think it's so easy and it, I always have it on hand. What are some other things that we should be reaching for fish sauce more often? Anything. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) What else do you put it in? Like everything?
1: Everything. Um, (laughs) I use it a lot for marinating meats. Mm -hmm. I feel like it penetrates the meat really, really nicely. So fish sauce and sugar with, with chicken, with pork, with literally anything. I have this like fish sauce brittle recipe that... I was yeah, that I was obsessed with and I actually had it on the menu for one of my pop up. And it was really, really cool, too.
0: What is in fish sauce brittle? So
1: sugar, peanuts, fish sauce. Yeah, it's very simple. But the fish, it's basically like just a regular brittle. But I add a little bit of fish sauce and the flavors like it's just a subtle umami flavor underlying like all of the sweet notes and the nut and the nuts.
0: Ah, wow, that sounds fantastic. You should like think about maybe packaging that. I think that might be uh, a thing to, to look at down the road. By the way, what what is the uh, secret to perfect fluffy eggs?
1: The secret to perfect fluffy eggs is the temperature at which you cook your eggs at and also the technique mm. I love to do like the so I like to let it cook. Not all the way through, but like until it covers the pan and then I basically like scoot it up and then let the rest of the runny egg Mm -hmm. come down. I don't know what that method is called. I call it the folding method, but basically those folds just create like really nice, fluffy eggs that you don't need to put milk in, that you don't need to put water in. Like you just, just, it's all just technique
0: just the eggs and the and the fish sauce yeah. right <laughs> and and um i noticed you do it with the with the chopsticks as well why why do you prefer that for uh, scrambling your eggs
1: <laughs> i think it's just what i my mom just did that all the time yeah. so i don't know like i feel like doing it with a fork is so much faster and easier but i <laughs> for some reason i just gravitate towards using chopsticks when i cook Yeah,
0: no, it makes sense. I know you've shared before that Anthony Bourdain really influenced your passion for food and also cooking. Can you share more just about his impact on you and why you kind of, you know, took a a liking to him right away? Okay.
1: So uh, going back to when I first came to America and I watched Mm -hmm. a lot of TV, um, so one day I was at home and his show came on and he was in Vietnam. So that was the one thing that like caught my eye. I was like, you're in Vietnam.
0: I know exactly where you're at. I know. Ex- was that the first like episode you ever watched? He w- just happened to be in Vietnam. Yes. So I was like, oh my gosh. right. Like, what are the odds? So I was like, whoa, this
1: is really cool. And then I just kept watching and watching. And the way that he would talk to the locals and the way that he would treat the locals and the way that he would just eat the food and enjoy it, it just gave me, I just started to like really like the guy because he's so nice. (laughs) And just the way that he respects my culture, I was like, wow, that's really cool. And it just like gave me, I guess, like, I don't know, it just, it made me feel more connected to him. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like he's just been the go ever since.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Like he was a masterclass in approaching other cultures with this respect that you're talking about and and really trying to experience them authentically. What's your own point of view when it comes to trying different foods and experiencing other cultures, especially in LA where there's a lot of opportunities for that? Oh my
1: God. It's amazing. It's really, really cool because like for me, I barely started to like burgers and pizzas because (laughs) I grew up in Oxnard and Okay, they had they have a really great pizza spot called okay. Toppers. It's literally the best pizza ever. But I didn't <laughs> I didn't really care for like burgers or anything like American food or any other types of food. But coming to LA and living here and having a partner that loves food that knows mm-hmm. food the the food scene around LA, he has taken me to so many spots that like has changed my opinions on like burgers and just like regular foods that, or like American foods that I never really cared for. Like the other Mm -hmm. day I was like, I'm craving a burger and (laughs) I've, I would have never thought that I would crave a burger. So like (laughs) just expanding my taste buds more than just what I'm, I grew up eating or what I'm used Mm -hmm. to is just It's really, really cool because it also helps me be more creative in my cooking. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Has there ever been like an instance that you can recall off the top of your head where you, you know, maybe experienced something like that and then incorporated it into one of your recipes or one of your pop ups?
1: Oh, absolutely. So one the one experience that like came to mind was when I went to visit a Indian spot called Bombay Beach. And mm-hmm. they have this their own version of fish and chips. And it's not like a fish and chips that you've ever had before. So whatever you think fish and chips is right now in your head, it's not what that is. It's still fries okay. and fish. But what they did was they cut the fish into... Like the fries are a little bit thicker. And then the okay. fish is also the same size of the fries. So they look blended together. And the, it's coated in this kind of like... if for lack of a better word, like orange chicken coating, um, okay. like very just saucy mm-hmm. and so, so flavorful. So they coat it in, in that sauce and it's like, it's nice and crispy, but it's it's not soggy. It's super saucy. And that, wow. you know, I was just like, I've never had fish and chips like this. And it inspired me to do a catfish braise uh, fish and chips, So instead of like just a regular braise, I would just like reduce the sauce that the braise was in and then coat the fish and fries in that sauce. So that like was the one inspiration that I was like, well, I can make it my own.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I, I, I love doing that as well. I think it's it's the best way to not only experience other cultures, but just get that inspiration, you know, in your own own kitchen and continue, you know, evolving and learning and that kind of thing. You know, in addition to Anthony Bourdain, you mentioned you also watched a lot of Food Network growing up. So uh, any particular favorite shows that, that you remember? Oh, from- my
1: God. Yes. Giada at home. Yes. She was always <laughs> on at 3 p.m., <laughs> yeah, that's when I got home from school. And then Rachel Ray, 30-minute meals. Chopped mm-hmm. is amazing. I bond with my mom over Chopped. Oh. Good eats. What else? Oh, Iron Chef? Like this just yep. yeah, it's <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's the OG, right? If you, I think, who would you, you mentioned a lot of those, you know, chefs and, and personalities on Food Network. Is there one in particular that you would like to cook with the most? Giada, because I watch her the most. Uh-huh. But Alton Brown? Yeah? Yeah. What uh, What would you and Giada make together, do you think? I feel like we could mix,
1: we could collab on a dish where it's Italian yeah. and Vietnamese. Like
0: maybe a, I would a noodle love that. dish, you know? Yeah, I mean that's that's like the the logical uh, choice for sure. I would I would like to to see that happen. I, I, um, I would also like to see that happen. <laughs> Let's manifest it right now. <laughs> is there is there a competition that you would like to either judge or compete on? But I actually was in an episode of Chopped. It hasn't aired yet. Okay, that's amazing. Well, obviously no spoilers, but give us a little behind the scenes. Like, what was that experience like for you? Oh my god that
1: experience was so crazy because being on set and seeing everything just all the behind the scenes and just growing up watching the show I could I literally was like taking a picture of everything and sending it to my mom because because that's what we bonded over I was like this is where they do the like the the little like interview area and then like I took a picture of like the pantry and everything because everything was just perfectly laid out like I had such a blast on that set because everything like this, this was like, I would have never thought that I would end up here. Like it was so, so cool. Such a surreal experience.
0: Oh no, I I, I can only imagine, especially like you said, like growing up watching that with your mom, if you could get your own show, what would be the name and the, and the premise of your show? Mm, I never really thought about that,
1: but I don't know, something, something cool, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would you be, would you be cooking? Would you be, you know, traveling around like, like Anthony, like what, what what would be your dream like style? I think my
1: dream style of show would be traveling around the world and cooking in different people's kitchens just to Mm. learn and also just experience like the different types of cultures that are out there.
0: Yeah, no, that I, I would watch it. So um, I, I like it. That, that sounds like a, a perfect show for you. And it's been so much fun um, getting to chat and, and uh, hear your, your story and your journey. We're going to finish things off with a few rapid fire questions. And then we have one final question for you okay. that we ask everybody here. All right. So rapid fire round <laughs> uh, secret to chopping onions with no tears.
1: Um, leave the end of the onions on and a sharp knife. Okay. An
0: L.A. icon you love? One thing,
1: the first thing that came to my mind was like the Hollywood sign. I don't know. That's okay. just
0: very iconic. Yeah, <laughs> it is for sure. What about favorite L.A. Vietnamese spot? Ooh.
1: Mm. Recently, I've been obsessed with this place called Pho 2000 in Koreatown because I just moved here. Um, okay. But there's a pho 999 in the valley that is incredible. My dad always requests it every time he comes to town.
0: What what makes uh, it so good?
1: It's like a hole-in-the-wall spot. They just cook everything perfect. Um, yeah, it's not like they're, they're trying to be Vietnamese. They're just Vietnamese, and you're just going to have to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty pleasure. Right now, it would be eating chicken liver pate by the spoonfuls because
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's I eat it like it's peanut butter. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, I've never done that, but I do like chicken liver pate. So maybe I'll have to try it. Um, What do you have sitting in a uh, a shopping cart right now, like online or, or otherwise? Ooh,
1: some furniture in my Amazon. Okay. Um, OK. Some clothes because I have to buy clothes for recipe videos. <laughs> OK. All right. Um, upcoming trip that you're excited about. Oh, my Vietnam trip um where i'm taking 40 of my followers to vietnam and we're going to just go around and eat all day. Oh my gosh, when is that happening? It is happening at the end of november and um beginning of december.
0: Wow, that's going to be so fun. We'll, we'll we'll definitely be following along. And final rapid fire question, life mantra. Life mantra.
1: This is so corny. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel but, like most life mantras are, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, it has to be aspire to inspire because that was in my high school. That was my high school yearbook quote. Okay. So I have to live with it for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> so You're just owning it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So final question. This is not rapid fire. So you can take as long as you want on this one. Um, and that would the the question is, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, there are no rules so obviously calories don't count you can time travel spend as much money as you want you know supersonic jet like to go wherever you want wow. throughout the day yeah like there's no rules we just want to hear like if ideally what are you eating breakfast lunch dinner dessert you know who's cooking it where 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 it's taking place and all that
1: okay i have I, I have breakfast down okay vietnam i'm going to vietnam for breakfast okay I'm getting this dish called ban guong, and it's a dish where it has to be made by this the lady that lives, that's my, what is it, my family's neighbor. She makes the best ban guong. I grew up eating that every day for breakfast, and then maybe after some like vermicelli bowls, because they, every time like in the morning, they grill it outside in the morning, the smell of the meat, oh, mm. it's so good maybe like a broken rice plate with that okay. and then a bun me to go.
0: <laughs> I love it. Wait, so that's the full day or is that just, no, that's just, just breakfast. breakfast. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's what I thought. Okay. I have to, like squeeze it all in. No, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I would be the same way. I love it. I love it. Okay. So that's breakfast. Uh, all right. What are yeah. we having for lunch? Are we going and then maybe
1: going to Japan for okay. lunch? I've never been to Japan. But I would love like a light sushi for lunch, you know, um, and I feel
0: like Japan would be such a vibe. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, that's that's definitely the place for for sushi, for sure. And
1: then when I think about dinner, the only thing the only experience that I'm thinking of is my experience in Dubai. When I went in January this year, I had the best steak of my life there. It was such a vibe like it was near the ocean, like ocean view music was amazing. Everything just, th- it, it just felt like I could live in that moment forever. Aww. Like that was such an experience. Um, did I say where it was at Namos? No. Uh, uh-uh. that, yeah. So the restaurant's name is Namos and it's a Mediterranean spot. It's Amazing. What was so good about the steak? It was just so well seasoned like all the way through. You know how like when you eat a steak and like it's seasoned, it's a it has a good sear on the outside but then it's like not penetrated on mm-hmm. the inside. Like the steak was just well seasoned all the way through, cooked perfectly. I don't know, it was just a life-changing steak. <laughs> like Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and everything else there it was amazing as well. So I would love to have that experience for dinner. All right. Are you having dessert or, or skip a dessert? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there, there's always room for desserts. I, there's, I have a separate stomach for that. Um, <laughs> so I have to go to Paris for desserts. Okay. Um, I've never been to Paris. Really? But I've heard that the pastry game mm-hmm. is insane uh and the french has the dessert game
0: unlocked. they so do like <laughs>
1: i have to go there for desserts
0: yeah no they know what they're doing for sure that sounds like an incredible uh food day so and very on brand for for everything that we we discussed in in this conversation um thank you again so much for taking the time it was a delight talking to you and can't wait to see uh, what comes next of course thank you so much for having me Such a fun conversation with Tway and you can catch her episode of Crack an Egg With on foodnetwork.com. Don't forget, Food Network Obsessed is taking a break until early October, but we will be back then with more new episodes. In the meantime, feel free to listen back to some of your favorite episodes or maybe some that you've saved and haven't gotten to yet. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday.